Welcome to the TBE Richmond Podcast. I'm Rabbi Michael Knopf. On this feed, you'll hear sermons, teachings, music, conversations with guests, and so much more from us here at Temple Bethel in Richmond, Virginia. Thanks for learning and growing with us. The Chavez. Chavez. The material that I used for this Devorah Torah was borrowed from myjewishlearning.com. Today's Parsha is Jethro. It is the Hebrew name for Jethro. Jethro came from his native Midian to the Israeli Israelite desert encampment, bringing along Moses' wife and two sons. Moses warmly greeted his father-in-law and recounted to him all that God had done to the Egyptians. Jethro thanked God for all the miracles and offered thanksgiving sacrifice. Jethro observed Moses adjudicating, adjudicating all the disputes that arose among the Israelites. Jethro suggested to Moses that such a system, one that placed such a great burden on Moses' shoulders, would eventually wear him down. Instead, he advised Moses to appoint a hierarchy of wise and righteous judges and to delegate his responsibilities with Moses presiding only over the most difficult cases. This would help free up Moses' time to teach Israelites the teaching of the Torah that he hears from God. Moses accepted his father-in-law's suggestion and set up a hierarchical judicial system. Jethro then returned to his native land. Six weeks after leaving Egypt, the Israelites arrived in the Sinai Desert and encamped at the foot of Mount Sinai. Moses ascended the mountain where God gave him a message to transmit to the people. Including, included in his message was God's designation of the Israelites as his treasure out of all peoples and a kingdom of princes and holy nations. Moses conveyed to the people God's word, and the people in turn accepted upon themselves to do all that God commands of them. God then instructed Moses to have the Israelite people prepare themselves because in three days' time, he would reveal himself at the top of the mountain to the entire nation. The Israelites were commanded to sanctify themselves and were warned not to approach the mountain until after the divine revelation. On the morning of the third day, thunder, lightning, a thick cloud, and the piercing sounds of a shofar emanated from the mountaintop. Mount Sinai was smoking and trembling, while the sound of the shofar grew steadily louder. Moses escorted the shuddering and frightened nation to the mountain and settled them at the base. God descended upon the mountain and summoned Moses to its summit. God instructed Moses to again warn the Israelites about the tragic end that awaited anyone who approached the mountain itself. Only Moses and his brother Aaron were allowed on the mountain during this time. God then spoke the Ten Commandments to the Israelite nation. The Israelites were traumatized by the overwhelming revelation, the awesome light and sound show. They turned to Moses and asked that from then on, he should serve as an inter intermediary between them and God. Moses should hear God's word and transmit it to the people. Moses agreed. 
<clears throat> this Parsha helps us to understand spirituality and activism. Experiences and behaviors that we define as spiritual tend to be of a specifically inward nature. We generally associate spirituality more with thought, soul, and self than with action, materialism, and society. In other words, we are more likely to identify a reclusive monk as spiritual than an outspoken politician. The, the Torah provides us with many models of inward spirituality. Isaac goes off by himself to mediate in the field. Jacob is left alone by the river when he receives his new name, Yisrael. And Moses encounters God for the first time while he is alone. He engages in numerous conversations with the divine that takes place in solitude. The, tor the Torah certainly does not reject the notion of his personal inner spirituality. Yithro, however, challenges this narrative definition. It reminds us that physical, concrete action on behalf of others is an essential component of spirituality. God appears to the entire nation of Israel at Mount Sinai in an awesome display of fire, smoke, lightning, and shofar blast, and with the power that makes the mountain itself tremble. Moses ascends the mountain to God. He might expect him to immerse himself in this delicious holiness atop Mount Sinai to tuck himself away in his own mystical experience. After all, isn't he a deeply spiritual man? How could he resist? However, Moses runs around tirelessly in the story, up and down the great mountain and back up again, to and fro between God and the people in order to facilitate a conversation between the divine and the masses. The follow Moses in this text is actually quite dizzying. The medieval commentator Rashi also imagines that Moses might have been tempted to, to solitarily soak himself in his own encounter with God. Rashi comments, Moses did not turn to his own affairs, but rather from the mountain to the people. Moses pours his energy into action, maintaining his commitment to the people throughout the revelation. Moses serves God and divine cause with physical labor, with sweat, with his legs, climbing up and down the mountain. This is reminiscence of Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel's words after he marched with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and other civil rights activists in Selma, Alabama. I felt my legs were praying, he said. But what about the value of inwardness? What about our need to cultivate mindfulness, depth, and compassion within ourselves in order to do effective work in the world? At times, it may seem that our need to pay attention to our inner lives exists in tension with the work that we must do to address the grave injustices and brokenness of our world. We may fear that we will lose ourselves if we work assiduously to address enormous global issues like poverty, defending democracy, responding to disasters, and the climate crisis, and advancing the rights of women and indigenous communities. Our tireless activism on these issues could lead us to a greater inner spirituality. 
Moses' tireless actions during the revelation scene provides us with a model of activism that concludes with heightened spirituality. He works diligently and wholeheartedly with people for a, finite, for a finite period of time. When this is finished, he has a moment of personal closeness with God. Towards the end of Yitro, the tone of the text softens to a quiet intensity as it describes Moses' final ascent, ascent up to the mountain. The nation stood from afar and Moses approached the dense cloud where God was. This image not only highlights his unique political role among the people, but also his unique intimacy with the divine. As a leader and an individual, Moses seems to appreciate the sanctity of the political and the personal, the concrete and the ineffable. Parsha Yitro teaches us that spirituality is not limited to quiet moments of introspective reflection. Rather, it often includes concrete physical action and engagement with others. In fact, when we tirelessly work to pursue justice, we, we may find that it leads us to even greater moments of spiritual fulfillment. Good Shabbos. This has been the TBE Richmond Podcast. Once again, I'm Rabbi Michael Knopf. On behalf of all of us here at Temple Bethel in Richmond, Virginia, thanks for listening. I hope this episode was uplifting and enriching. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this feed wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. And please rate and review us so others will have an easier time joining the conversation. Our theme music is composed and produced by Stephen Frost. Learn more about our dynamic, warm, and passionate congregation affiliated with the United Synagogue of Conservative Judaism at www.bethelrichmond.org. Until next time, shalom y'all.